The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Tonight, it's all about getting your questions answered here, your sex and relationship questions. Get them in early at 514-800. You can always call me, too, at 514-790-0800. Before I get into your questions and helping you out here, I want to wish our Chinese listeners and all of my new Chinese friends, I just came back from China about a month ago, uh, a happy Chinese New Year. It is the year of the pig this year. Uh, So happy Chinese New Year to all our Asian uh, listeners. All right, I want to revisit a question from a listener uh, last night about the silent treatment. So I want to share an article. It was written by David Stosny, who is uh, actually um, somebody who I trained with in, uh, in marriage counseling. Um, And he quotes uh, John Gottman. John Gottman is a researcher that has been around for years looking at at couples. And he says that the second behavior that predicts divorce, predicts divorce with over 90% accuracy is stonewalling. Stonewalling is what we would normally call uh, the silent treatment, which is very different from, you know, how, when you argue, you sometimes just need a timeout or you need time to collect your thoughts. You need time, uh, to, uh, to calm down. That's very different than stonewalling. Stonewalling is a refusal to consider your partner's, uh, perspective. And you're just, it's, it's, it has contempt and dismissiveness as part of it. And then getting the cold shoulder for days on end. So that's part of it. Uh, some of the common things that a stonewaller will say is just leave me alone or do whatever you want or end of conversation. Stop talking. Get out of my face. That's enough. I've had it. Or And just walk walk out. So that's all part of um, stonewalling, which is amazing that when you think about it, that uh, in John Gottman's research, he has, was able to predict which behaviors in couples predicted divorce. Imagine 90% accuracy uh, predicting divorce for people who uh, stonewall. So uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, because this happens to uh, in a lot of couples. Uh, according to this article, men are less likely than women to know when they stonewall because it seems not more natural for men. In other words, there's a reinforcement of the strong, silent male in our society, maybe less so now, but uh, nonetheless. Um, and goes on to say that a sure sign that a man is stonewalling is if he believes his partner nags him. That means he's not listening. The nagging partner is an unheard partner. Uh, goes on to say, the experience of being stonewalled tends to be different for men and women. Men who are stonewalled feel frustrated. Their goal of resolution is blocked by the stonewalling. Remember, men are uh, tend to be more solution-focused. Uh, 
Uh, but the experience is downright painful for women who are stonewalled as they are apt to feel isolated, a sense that no one cares about them. Uh, to understand the effects of stonewalling on most women, a man need only think of how bad humiliation feels. That's how isolation feels to his partner, which is why she tries so hard to break through the stonewall. Then there are different kinds of stonewalling. Uh, in aggressive stonewalling, the stonewaller knows that the silence, cold shoulder, and emotional isolation hurt his partner. He stonewalls to gain leverage or power. This is a common tactic in battering relationships, abusive relationships, in which the more powerful partner systematically controls or dominates the less uh, powerful one. So that's a little bit more on uh, on stonewalling and the silent treatment. So I thought that was uh, really, really interesting. So a listener wants to know what prompted me to visit China and how did I find it. So I'll give you a little bit, uh, a little bit of my life there. Uh, so I went to China for about 10 days on a tour. It was one of the things that was on my bucket list for sure. And the opportunity came up. So I said, I'm going to visit China and really wanted to see the Great Wall of China. And then we took a tour to five different cities there. We were in uh, Beijing, Shanghai, Suzhou, Wuxi, and Hangzhou, all beautiful cities. Beijing was my least favorite. Shanghai was my most favorite. If you want to go on my Facebook page, you can see some pictures that I posted. But when I visited Shanghai, I felt like I, it was, I was in New York on steroids. That's what it felt like. Uh, and I have to say, I was most impressed with the cleanliness, the feeling of safety, never once felt in danger there. Of course, it wasn't. Ex when I came back, everyone was like, "Oh, you made it back." I was like, "What? What do you mean?" And, <laughs> and then I found out about all this stuff that was happening. But while there, felt perfectly, perfectly safe, and it was just beautiful. It was some of the most beautiful gardens. Even though it was winter time, it was uh, it was it was cold, really cold. Um, one thing that was a bit more challenging, a little bit, was uh, finding food I could eat simply because of my plant-based diet. Although, so I ate a lot of rice and vegetables, which was, which was fine, but, and, and wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful hospitality. It was really nice. It was just all around a fabulous, uh, a fabulous trip. So, um, so that's uh, one thing checked off of my uh, my bucket list. And if you check out like Travel Zoo and things like that, there are some amazing deals. Although right now, I don't know if there's a travel advisory there or what have you. That's what I heard, but you'd want to check it out. Definitely worth the trip. And the the air the ride wasn't even that bad. Like for, it was 14 hours, 13 and a half hours, or something like that, and it really wasn't wasn't bad at all. So highly recommend it, at least for me. So once again, happy Chinese New Year falls today and it is the year of the pig so what year are you i'm the year of the dragon i'm the dragon lady 514-800 if you have any questions for me or you can call me at 514-790-0800 uh, any questions you have about sex if you are having trouble in your relationship or you want to talk about the silent treatment stonewalling is this something you've experienced um, how did that go for you? How did you resolve this? And did your relationship um, overcome this? Remember, 90% uh, prediction of divorce when, a, when there's stonewalling as a regular thing in your, uh, in your relationship. 
All right, here's one from a young person. Um, Hello, I'm an 18-year-old virgin, and I'm trying to get into the act of fingering, but it is very nerve-wracking. I've tried before, but it has never been successful. Any tips? Also, for the longest time, I've gotten off through clitoral stimulation uh, through shower heads and tub faucets. I can never do it by hand. It seems as if it takes too long to reach a clitoral orgasm by hand, and that, too, is unsuccessful. Any tips on that, too? So, of course, many women um, get the most stimulation from clitoral action. Uh, many women also like their stimulation intense. So that's what you get with a shower head or uh, a vibrator outside of the bathroom. Uh, but simply inserting a finger in the vagina is not going to provide that kind of stimulation. Uh, and even if you were sensitive in there in terms of uh, a G-spot or your nerve endings there, you wouldn't be able to have the right motion because it's on the outer wall uh, and you most, you're just, fingers aren't that flexible, hands aren't that flexible. So unless a partner does it for you, then it works. There's nothing wrong with using a vibrator, uh, even during sex with a partner, if you want a little bit more intense, uh, intense kind of stimulation. Remember, 75% of women do not orgasm through penetration alone, and they do need uh, clitoral stimulation. So guess what? That makes you perfectly normal. Coming up, answering a question about trouble staying erect. Pretty common question. You might have heard the answers before, but worth uh, repeating. Definitely worth repeating, as many men suffer from this condition. Uh, That's what we'll discuss next. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight. I answer your questions all evening long till 11 p.m., so get them in. Uh, This is a couple of texts uh, regarding stonewalling. From the description of stonewalling you just clarified, it sounds like what I've experienced that with a family member rather than a romantic partner instead. Is that equally possible? Absolutely. You can be stonewalled by people at work, a superior, family member, those, usually these will be what we would call toxic relationships, especially if this is recurrent and it makes you really feel awful about yourself and questioning yourself and all of that. So, uh, it, it's a form of abuse to tell you the truth in, in many situations. So yes, you can be, you can definitely be stonewalled by family members as well. Another text writes, I am now angry that I was stonewalled once. It was someone I was starting to date and he wanted to give me a massage, so I let him. He wanted to initiate sex for the first time, but I wasn't ready for it. For over an hour, he barely talked to me. I asked what was wrong and he finally told me that it is because I didn't want to have sex when he wanted, so it's normal for a man to be upset. You know, it's not normal, first of all, uh, just because he didn't get what you wanted. And what you're describing is is how we try to explain 
consent. So in his mind, he might have been thinking because you let him uh, give you a massage that that implied that you were open to sex rather than him checking in with you to see if that's okay, if he can go further and to accept and respect your decision to, to just simply not to be, uh, to be ready. So this is to me, somebody who doesn't understand, uh, consent, but that doesn't give him any kind of pass at all. And frankly, pretty jerky behavior. So I hope you left and then didn't see him again, frankly. Um, because that's just, to me, that's not, it's stonewalling, but like stonewalling is a, a something that recurs in relationships, like a form of non-communication, uh, if you will. In this case, he was like a, a big baby pouting away uh, because he didn't get what he wanted. And uh, so to me, that's just a, maybe in a different uh, category. Any thoughts, guys, if you've got uh, any thoughts on any of the topics we're covering, any of the questions I'm answering tonight and you have some uh, some thoughts, let me know. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts at 514-800. I'm a female. My boyfriend of 15 years has an issue with staying erect during sex, even oral or anal or vaginal. I don't get it. We have had great sex. I'm down for anything. We use toys and porn. I'll give him oral for an hour, but he won't come. Then he loses his erection a lot and gets agitated if I accidentally do something too hard or wrong. Is it me? I feel unattractive to him. 15 years, and it's been a problem the whole time, except early years uh, was when he would drink, but now... um, Uh, Yeah, but now it's all the time. It's left me so insecure. I'm now 49 and he's 37. I'm really having a mental issue with this. Can you shed some light on this if it's normal? Uh Uh-uh. That's not normal or usual. Uh, It definitely sounds like something is going on with this boyfriend and it doesn't sound like it's about you or what you're doing or not doing. First of all, after 15 years in a relationship, I would think that you, both of you should know what pleases each other sexually. So I can understand how this can make you feel completely undesired. Uh, I have questions like, is it possible that he masturbates a lot and therefore when he tries to have sex with you, it's not working? He's just got nothing left. Sometimes men who watch a lot of porn and for many years have act, they have trouble. They have trouble getting aroused with a, a real-life partner. But it's not about the partner. It's far more about the the kind of stimulation the person has been exposed to or the, the stuff that they have engaged in. So, frankly, the, the best advice I can give you is to go for some couple counseling. See a therapist, see a sex therapist who can at least assess the situation and help you figure out what is going on. Um, if you do nothing, nothing will change. And it's, you're just going to add more years of frustration and more uh, resentment. And nobody should feel this way. So have a third party in there help you assess the situation and at least figure out what the heck is going on here. There's far more to this story, I can tell you that much. Having 
worked with couples for many, many years, this is uh, the tip of the iceberg. Like uh, the, the therapist could really start uncovering what the underlying uh, cause is all about. So I'm, I'm hope that he will agree to go with you. And I think it's important to be able to say to him, look, I, I want us to have uh, a good sex life and this is really bothering me and I'd like us to go talk to somebody about it because we have not been able to resolve it on our own. 15 years of this kind of uh, 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 going on in a relationship can create a lot of bad feelings, bad feelings. So deal with it. Deal with it uh, early. All right, uh, this one about the penis. My penis shape has been a little odd from when I could possibly remember. I used to sleep belly down, but now my two chambers of the penis are displaced and there is also a curvature to the right. Am I going to be okay later on? Will this heal up on its own and will my penis shape become normal? So limited information here, and also may I add, I'm not a medical doctor. I can only give you my best uh, educated hypothesis as to what may be going on, but for uh, more in-depth analysis of the situation, you really need to see somebody who uh, will examine you as well, okay? What I can tell you is this, that some curvature to the penis is perfectly normal. What's not normal is if you experience pain with your erections, with the curvature, which could indicate damage and uh, scar tissue. I have no idea how you know that your two chambers are displaced, though. I, I, I don't know. Um that's kind of weird, but usually when there's a scar tissue or displacement, if you will, um, it's a result of an injury to the penis. So, uh, with the, when you have a curvature to the penis, a slight curvature, uh, we're not talking about a kink. We're not talking about uh, an L shape uh, kind of kink here. We're talking about it going to the right or going uh, to the left. If you have trouble um, with penetration, for example, uh, that may be an indicator also of some scar tissue. But otherwise, if you can just, you may have to like maneuver a little bit your your body to position yourself in certain ways so that intercourse goes more th- uh, smoothly. But that's not, generally that's not a big deal at all. It, it does not cause an issue with intercourse. If it's more serious, it's something called Peyronie's disease, which is the result of injury or scar tissue formation. But I highly doubt that it can come from sleeping belly down. I have never heard of this uh, sleeping position causing damage to the penis, frankly. So, but you know, without without knowing and without talking to a doctor and with, if, if all you see uh, on porn are penises that are completely straight, you're going to start questioning yourself and, and compare yourself and then think, gee, is this, is what I have not normal? And then you start creating all these scenarios in your head. Well, maybe it was this and maybe I damaged it. Maybe I did this or that. And so instead, I'm glad you asked the question because living with all of these questions in your head and never being able to check 
to see if this is actually um, something that that is normal uh, leads to a lot of um, anxiety about these things. And this is the same for any questions you have about sex. This is one of the main reasons I do this this show in general, but this particular segment every week is to be able to answer questions that oftentimes people have. They don't know who to ask. They're shy to ask their doctor about it. Even if they ask their doctor, often the doctor doesn't even know. Uh, Many times I've had doctors on the air who tell me they do not get training in medical school for all kinds of sexual problems. They just don't get that kind of training unless they have an interest in it themselves. So it's hard to get those questions answered. So I'm glad that you're, that you feel comfortable to send it to me. And remember any question you send to me, it is anonymous. I will never share, uh, I'll never share your name uh, on the air ever. So uh, I hope you understand that. Uh, this is uh, in response to the uh, the boyfriend that gave her the cold shoulder because she wouldn't have sex. Her so-called boyfriend sounds like he perhaps has a general behavioral rather than a strictly sexual dissatisfaction and frustration problem instead. Could be. Could be an anger problem. Could be all kinds of things. Could be narcissism. I mean, who knows? So limited information. We don't know. We What we do know is that's not right what he did. Definitely not. Uh, coming up, I'll talk about an orgasm headache. Uh, this uh, emailer wants to, has this issue when he has sex. I'll tell you what that's all about. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program, 514-800 to send in uh, your questions, your comments. This is an interesting uh, question. I actually wrote a blog about this a while back. Uh, Upon ejaculation into my wife, I get this intense migraine that lingers for the next few minutes. I'm not taking any medication or changing my eating habits, though I should. I've been stressed from work, but have endured more stress in the past. I'm in my early 30s. Any idea why? So this is uh, not too common, but certainly heard of it time and again. Basically, it's during arousal, excitement, as soon as you're basically peaking, all of a sudden you get this sharp, debilitating pain in your head. It's like, it can feel like something just exploded in your brain, basically. There's a name for it. It's called orgasmic cephalgia or the orgasmic headache or coital headache or coital cephalgia. Uh, More common in men than it is for women. It can feel like a dull headache that picks up as you get more and more excited, but oftentimes it's just described as a, it just comes on, uh, really quickly, like just before or right after, uh, orgasm. It can happen while you're having sex with someone. It can happen on your own. And it's, it can be very scary because it's like super intense kind of headache. Most of the time, this is nothing, uh, to worry about. They often do not happen uh, recurrently, in other words, they happen once in a while, or they may, may only have happened once in a lifetime. It really only happens to about one percent of the population. However, if it comes with other symptoms like loss of consciousness, vomiting, stiff neck, or some other neurological uh, symptoms, and pain lasting more than twenty-four hours, 
then there's some underlying cause and needs to be uh, looked at. But usually they dissipate within uh, within a few minutes. So you will want to stop activity, which is what's going to happen because the headache is too intense. So make sure you communicate this to your partner so they don't feel like it because it, it can be really, really uh, confusing. And lie down relax, take ibuprofen, take some kind of headache uh, medication. But when you see your doctor, you um, you should let your doctor know in case there might be some underlying issue. Your doctor may think, will check for other symptoms or signs and may just say, well, it's just that, an orgasmic headache, or they may send you for like a CT scan or something uh, to look at that. Sometimes if, if it's something that happens... Uh, on a more regular basis, you may be um, you may be recommended to take like a a painkiller a few hours before uh, engaging in in sexual activity, just as a preventative uh, measure. So that's a possibility as well. But man, those headaches can be really really scary. Okay, a couple of texts coming in from you at 514-800. I think that for some people, after being with the same person for many years, things can get stale. I can only imagine eating the same dish every day. Maybe try something different to spice up the relationship, like lingerie, pleather, and hair dye, (laughs) or wigs. Uh, I've seen a man who used to see me after work and wanted to sleep with me, and sometimes nothing much happened. He did smoke a lot of weed and was a bit lethargic and maybe tired from work, so it seems difficult to stay erect. Uh, Cock rings supposedly help. I think it is normal for some men after a certain age to have erectile difficulties. So there's a few things to address here. Uh, The staleness. Yes, boredom, having sex with the the same way all the time with your partner can get boring. doesn't necessarily mean it will be boring. For some people, it works for them and and they can enjoy even if it's the same thing. Uh, But spicing things up, makes it fresher, it makes it a little bit more uh, passionate, Uh, absolutely. So you can do that with anything, introduce sex toys into the bedroom, uh, introduce new positions, new places to have sex, for example, do some uh, role playing, go to a sex shop together, uh, talk about sexuality, talk about fantasies. Those are things that can certainly uh, spice things up. When you talk about the guy that you dated who uh, couldn't really stay up, uh, and who smoked a lot of weed and was a bit lethargic. Well, that all makes sense. There is a link between, uh, chronic use of uh, marijuana and erectile difficulties. And frankly, if you're tired and lethargic, uh, the blood is, is not pumping exactly all that well. It's uh, wants to rest. So, um, the penis rings that you're referring to, are good for people who get an erection but have a harder time, excuse the pun, maintaining their erection. So once uh, the erection is there, you can slip on this penis ring at the base of the penis and you can buy these at the sex shop or you can order them online. Uh, they're con- basically constriction rings and you, it tra- basically traps the, the blood, uh, that has flowed into the penis and then make sure you take it off after 20 minutes so that you, 
your penis doesn't actually go numb, um, or you want, you, you need some blood flow, right? So you're trapping the blood. So that's important. And then the last thing you talk about is men after a certain age have erectile difficulties. Yes, but only about 25% of men have erectile difficulties that actually require medication as they get older. So I've talked to men in their eighties and nineties who have absolutely no problem having erections. They certainly aren't as uh, rigid as they once were, but they, but enough to be able to penetrate. So it's not, there's a, this misperception that, uh, all, all older men have erectile dysfunction and that's just not true. Uh, and if they do, in fact, if you're an older man with uh, with regular erectile dysfunction, not just once in a while, but regular, it could be an indicator that something else is going on in your body. So it really is important uh, that you tell your doctor because your doctor will need to check how your blood is flowing in the rest of your body to your heart and your lungs and your vital organs, because if it's not flowing there, is there a blockage somewhere and it could be somewhere else in your body. So it really is important as you get older to have your heart regularly checked, your blood pressure regularly checked, your cholesterol checked, all of that, because all of that has an impact on your, um, erectile, uh, functioning. I've been internet dating for a while now, off and on. What's with men who want sex so soon, usually by the second date? What's wrong with getting to know each other even just a little? Why can't they let the chemistry build just a little? Is it wrong to want these things as close to 50 years of age? Also, this has happened recently, and to be honest, the sex wasn't that good. I should have not gone to his place, but what can I say? If they want sex so soon, I think they should be willing to perform. It was clumsy and, of course, lost his erection with the efforts of using a condom. I will tell the guy I want to build the chemistry a little, otherwise there is no mystery from a straight female. Uh, well, um, hey, you're... you're allowed to have your boundaries and your own dating rules. This is your rule. Stick to your boundaries. If you want to get to know somebody before sleeping with them, then you let them know, um, early on it. Unfortunately, in this dating age, uh, you have to be clear as to what you're looking for. A lot of these apps and things like that. And uh, people may be simply looking for a good time, having fun. They don't really want a relationship. And, uh, and so it, you have to, you have to clarify what it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for a relationship, then say you're looking for a relationship and, or just say simply straight up. This is, uh, I don't sleep with people on the first, second or third date. And that's okay. Those are your boundaries. Uh, that's perfectly fine. I've got lots of uh, great comments coming up, some about a curved penis and sex headaches. If you've experienced any of the above and want to share your experiences with our listeners, I'm sure they will be most welcome to hear them. So we'll, uh, we'll get to your text coming up next. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. 
You still have a couple of minutes left to get your questions in. 514-800. Tonight's the night I answer your questions about love, sex, and relationships all evening long. However, feel free to send them to me uh, by email, laurie at drlaurie.com. And at the beginning of every show during the week, I'm happy to answer them uh, as well. A couple of texts here. Am I the only woman who prefers sex with a curved penis rather than a straight one? You wouldn't be the only woman, and here's the explanation. So a cur- if you are, um, let's say, orgasmic through intercourse, uh, the curved penis may be hitting the area that is uh, what we call the G-spot, but it's really that, it's like a cluster of nerve endings that's uh, hitting a, a specific spot, or, or what we now know is that it's, creating pressure on the internal structure, the bulb of the clitoris. So the clitoris is a, a, a big structure, much bigger than what than the little piece that you see, the little uh, ball thing that you see on the outside. It goes in, it has a shaft, it has legs, it has bulbs on either side of that, So and it goes all around. So there may be uh, the action of that curve that's hitting the just the right spot for you, so which may explain why you uh, enjoy that. So absolutely. Uh, as to the uh, headache, the sex headache, it has happened to me that I had a migraine right after masturbation, and I'm female, but I get them from time to time after walking in a snowstorm, the gym, or randomly. Well, that could just be a, a result of... Um, even arousal and the constriction of the blood vessels in your brain, uh, that could certainly happen. So if for you, probably taking a, a, like something for, for headaches before you even have a headache, uh, before masturbation might be a, a, an option for you, especially if it happens regularly. Uh, my girlfriend that I have been seeing for a while wants me to hit her during intercourse and to be aggressive to the point I may leave bruises. Should I be this aggressive? Should I tell her I have my limits? I don't want to hurt her or leave bruises on her. Boy, I don't blame you. Uh, this is a question, first of all, uh, good timing. Tomorrow evening is our BDSM panel, and this is right up uh, their alley, and they'll be able to tell you exactly how to do this in a safe, uh, consensual, and sane way. Uh, but it's important to develop like a, a, a safe word so that you, and you start off like slowly, you don't start smacking around, um, but you can, there's a, a way to spank, for example, a way to, uh, for choking behavior, things like this, but I'm not the expert on that. And I'd rather wait to hear from actual practitioners of this who can give you, uh, some ideas of, uh, of how you should proceed. But we all have our limits and it's okay to be able to tell your partner, look, I won't feel comfortable if I, uh, uh, smack you that you get uh, a bruise. And what is she, what kind of hitting does she want? Uh, open slap? Like what is it that exactly that she's, uh, looking for? So you're going to have to have a, a much more elaborate conversation with her, uh, prior to that. Maybe she wants you to be uh, aggressive or dominant in bed, but that doesn't always involve uh, hitting behavior. Or maybe you can do it in a way that uses like a flogger or something that is um, that causes 
that pain that she may be looking for that many associate with pleasure as well. I know for many who don't see the connection, but for some there is definitely a connection. And so if you can tune in tomorrow, I will get that question answered for you first thing. So I promise you. Uh, I agree with the one talking about online dating. It seems almost everyone is treating the sites like Tinder. It is said that we have to say, I'm not looking for sex out of the blue. Otherwise, they assume we are down. It's like an opt-out disclaimer. And when I do talk about not wanting sex right away, the response is either, we need to know if we like the sex first, or... Who said anything about sex? Why are you thinking about sex? Who said I was? Then not too long after, he wants to come to my house so badly. I'm so turned off by online dating now. I get you. I get this. um, I hear this from a lot of people, unfortunately. And I think you have to stick to your boundaries. And if, uh, if... if it's, you have to clarify, I'm not looking, I'm not only looking for sex. That's the other thing is that doesn't mean you're not going to have sex or that eventually if it clicks and everything works out that you're not going to have sex, uh, you could, um, but you want to look for something more than a one night stand or more than just a casual thing, then, uh, yeah, say so. And if they, if you're getting negative reactions or whatever, then it's not the right people that, uh, that you're meeting. I, I can only imagine the frustration a lot of uh, people feel when that's why there's other options too. We talked about this, uh, last week, I think there's some nice events and actually coming up, um, on Valentine, right before Valentine's Day, there's, uh, oh, I have to find that event for you, but there's a cook and date event, a couple of those, uh, happening in Montreal, which are, uh, fun. They're like, um, they're like where you, you cook, you you literally cook with a chef and with a whole bunch of other single people and, and you have something in common, maybe your joys of cooking or, or what have you. Uh, we'll also be talking to the people who are putting on this, um, another evening, which is, uh, at, at Bordel happening February, uh, 13th. It's a singles event for the 20 to 45. We'll be giving away tickets, uh, by the way, also, uh, that's, uh, coming up later on. That's next week that we'll be giving away those tickets. So it's called Amour de Velour, so you can uh, you can check it out at loveinthecity.ca, loveinthecity.ca. If you're single between the ages of 20 and 45, so there are definitely other events going on around town that you could take a part in. There's also um, EliteSpeedDating.com. Uh, if you sign up with them, then there's speed dating events happening also. So different ways to meet besides the tinder and and other other apps that there are out there that's it for us thank you so much for spending your precious time with me really appreciate it i love getting your questions you can send them to me anytime anytime laurie at dr and i will be more than happy uh, to try and help you out Thank you to our uh, wonderful technical producer, uh, Brian Kalisar. You can uh, connect with me on social media, on uh, Instagram and Twitter 
and Facebook uh, at Dr. Lori Batito. My last name spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Yeah.